Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Empowering over enabling. Okay, so what's the difference? Well, because at least you can communicate it to a human. Like, I'm no longer... What would you communicate? Well, let's say there's someone who, like, always wants you to hold them. And you can communicate, I'm no longer going to be doing that. Instead of just stop doing it and then leaving the other person a little confused as to, like, what's the change of the behavior without addressing it. Like, Mm. the switch up. You know, the communication. This is funny because it could lead into like a really big discussion. Yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) I'm here. Because I'm thinking about like, why can't you just change your behavior without having an explanation? You know? Like, where does the confusion arise from? You can. Because it ultimately always comes back to ourselves and then it just invites others to return to their power and like check in, even if the journey to that first starts off with feeling victim to the change of circumstances. And then eventually, hopefully, it leads you back to yourself when you can outsource your comfort. That's the piece that I want to dive into the victimization that can be a result of somebody changing a pattern or behavior like what you're used to or your expectations of them why does that action result in some sort of like internal battle in in search of like oh what did i do wrong why are things changing as opposed to just accepting the new moment for what it is Well, it depends on the person's self-awareness, where we are with ourselves and how we're relating to our experience. And if we're feeling like in our power and the difference between codependency and interdependence. And what's the difference? Um, I feel like one is an equal exchange and it's more so in support of the whole versus codependence is... I can't do this without you. The other Mm -hmm. one is, okay, you can help me ease up whatever it is that I have on my plate right now out of love and out of like um, support of harmony of like the community. And I think that really speaks to what I was saying about empowering versus enabling. Yeah. What you just described, one is empowerment because it's in support of and then enabling I feel is more tied to that victim mentality. Like I can't do this without you or like you need me. And that's how we enable people. Yeah, exactly. And to go a little further in that, it feels like incapable of doing something where we're not in our power. We don't feel worthy or 
like we have the tools necessary within ourselves to carry out a task or whatever it is without someone else versus the other one is I see you and I hear you and whatever it is. And I know you're not like asking me to do it, but I'm going to support you in this because I love you or because I have the capacity to as a different energy. And I feel like it even speaks to today where you needed to have something printed at the local library mm-hmm. and I went and did it like I asked you if you wanted me to go do it because I can do it and it wasn't a burden on me or feeling like you couldn't do it I just felt like I had the ability to do it I was free to do it then why not and it's like down the street from me and it yeah. helps you and whatever it is that you had to do throughout the day like one less thing to yeah do. That's a really good example, like in live time of what we're speaking on, because I feel like these concepts can occur so subtly that we don't even realize when we step into the enabler role, as opposed to the empowerment role. And like the example you're giving, it helped me so much. Was it that I couldn't do it on my own? No, it's going to the library. But you offering that was in support. And I feel that that's the purpose of community. So how can we navigate the spaces where within our community somebody might be i don't want to say draining our energy but on that victim victimhood mindset or frequency and then they're like constantly taking from us or seeking or asking either directly or indirectly and switch it to that supportive community empowerment that we're all whole we're all capable and let's just all do it together yeah I feel it goes back to what we were talking about in switching how we show up in these circumstances where if we feel that this isn't in support of that unity and that wholeness then we can change how we show up and change our behavior and actions around that Mm -hmm. in support of what it is that we are desiring and and in support of empowering those in our community. Yeah, it's simple. It's just literally in a decision making and the way we <laughs> carry forward. Yeah. Yeah. Not overcomplicating it like, oh, but how will they perceive this or mm-hmm. all of these things? Because that just continues to feed the narrative that we're trying to stray away from. Yeah. It really amazes me everything that goes back to the simplicity of things. And To like rewind a little bit, how do these codependency habits begin forming? Like where does that happen where we're not in our power or we're not even aware of our power? For me, it reminds me of a relationship that I was in where I uh, displayed codependency in relation to this person that I was with. And I recognized that it felt like our energies just meshed together where I couldn't even go hang out with my friends. Like the idea of like not being with this person gave me anxiety. And where that spewed from, I feel like it was a combination of many moments that led to an energy leak from my behalf in terms of giving away my power and feeling incomplete or not capable without this other person there to like be my other half or support me in like feeling whole but where that began I feel like it was like a compilation of things and having abandoned 
um, the things that support me in my own wholeness, whether that's my routine, my job, my environment. Because mm-hmm. like in this example, I've moved away from like all that was my life. Yeah, when you said energy leak, it gave me a like a big visual on the topic of the codependency, how maybe from like early age, different moments occur and it's an energy leaking out of us and then all of the accumulation of these different instances without being checked or rectified or even awareness brought to them it ends up developing a codependency habit because as opposed to being full and in your power and strong or not strong but just whole and not even whole because we are whole no matter what but without being completely like filled up with your energy, you're at, in a deficit almost with energy. And then you seek that deficit from others. And that develops those unhealthy habits. Because when somebody like in a relationship, a romantic partnership or a friendship makes you feel good, you want more of that. And then you feel that the strength you're having or like that extra energy you're having is completely related to that person which it could be because they might be like fueling you and filling you up but it's not necessarily that you need them to do it you you're capable of doing that on your own like you said in your different practices and different things yeah and that not being your only source of fueling mm-hmm. ourselves because there's like other people in our community outside of our romantic relationship our practices so many things being in nature Um, But I feel also you explaining further on this reminds me of trauma bonding as well. And I feel Mm -hmm. like they overlap codependency and trauma bonding because it's just finding someone else to continue the narrative of, oh, I'm a victim to to the circumstances. I'm weak or whatever it is. Thank you for helping me. And then if someone else on the other end is in alignment with that, that's how it continues to fuel the codependency. Yeah, I think of like when you are encountering another person or sharing stories and then the person might respond like, oh, you poor thing or give that sort of narrative. And then the person that's a form of enabling because you're feeding that victim mindset and now you're becoming that enabler or the cri- uh, cradler. I think that's a word. I don't know. To the person who's in, you know, like a less than ideal state And that perpetuates that same cycle just with a different person or different energy. Yeah, even perceiving it as a less than ideal state is part of what can be the problem, but problems aren't real, but part of the dynamic that is fueling this narrative because it's all serving us and in changing how we're showing up with someone that we recognize that we may be enabling or being on the other end, maybe we're receiving the enabling efforts of another person Mm -hmm. in changing the habits. We're able to recognize that all moments are ideal and they're all serving us. We're able to reframe our experience. Yes. And this actually correlates so like specific to um, a conversation I was having last night with a family member who isn't feeling their best right now. And, you know, I'm not in the situation, so I can step out of the situation and see it from a wider perspective without being engulfed by the different emotions being experienced. 
And of course, like my heart goes out to this individual because I love them so much for being my family and like the person they are to me. But I was able to see, you know, like, hold on, these different things keep happening. What is the purpose of this? You know, like what is supposed to be received in this moment? And we had a really beautiful conversation where I shed that in like that perspective I had that maybe this situation that's happening that can be, like you said, perceived to be unideal, it's not necessarily unideal. It's actually the most beautiful experience that you can go through because it's providing so much healing and so much awareness to something that has been needing awareness for 50 years. And I think the more that we're able to switch our perspective in moments like that, when it's so trying and it can be really challenging, that's when we receive the greatest reward of the medicine of the moment. Yeah. And it's arriving to that moment because like you said, it can be so challenging when in the midst of it. So to be able to recognize when in the midst of it, I feel is a practice in itself and it requires a lot of grace and momentum to continue forward and to take every opportunity where we may feel like the moment is taking over to act differently than the pattern that we have been that isn't in support of being in our power. Yeah, and I feel like even... It takes so much more than grace because the way we're speaking of this, we're not attached <laughs> to a situation. Yeah. So it can flow and sound really easy and stuff like that. But even like last night, I had to really consciously not fall into that enabler or like savior or helper role because that's something that I can easily slip into. I always want to solve every problem. But as the constant practice of recognizing as like, as in my power, I as I am, others can be also so how can I hold space and be supportive to allow them to enter into their power. And it's, it's a practice, you know, like, aside from just extending compassion and patience, I feel it takes so much awareness, and a want, because if the want isn't as strong as anything I feel like it's faith it's the want the desire so many things go into this so I want to emphasize that because like as we're speaking about it it is a light feeling and it can be light if you choose to make it that way but I can relate to the heaviness that burdens and circumstances can put on us that create you know what we're speaking of Right. And it can be easier mm -hmm. to just fall into what we commonly yeah. do, like mm -hmm. being in the savior position or being in the victim mindset. And it takes effort and will to truly recognize after um, applying everything that you mentioned, the awareness, the want, all of those things, and then say, okay, I'm going to go in this direction that's new and different and requires more effort. Mm -hmm. Effort and will, I think, are really good words in addition to the grace and the compassion and the patience. Because I feel that without the effort and without the will, like you said, you just slip back into the comfort zone, what you've known the longest or what you've practiced the longest. And we all know that although we do something forever, it's not necessarily the best thing to do for us in support of everyone. 
And it can be so annoying. (laughs) It makes me laugh because I know, you know, having been in those situations myself on either end, Mm -hmm. I, I result to, I resort to being annoyed or like just having very little patience for myself or the other person. And that's one of my greatest alarms and within myself because I've, been able to build a relationship and gain the self-awareness with this part of myself that when this shows up, this is to check in with something that's going on and to Mm -hmm. then practice all that, all that it is that we're sharing instead of closing down, turning away, like remaining present, moving forward with my will and effort. Yeah. I love that you're sharing that because that's really helpful. I feel for even myself to recognize the different cues that my body gives me, whether it's my physical body, the mind, the energetic, um, that helps me recognize the moments that I'm losing my patience or losing that grace and compassion and wanting to resort to my like old ways, which is similar, like shutting down, getting cold, and things that that are so opposite of what I feel when I'm in a loving, open heart space. Yeah. And it's cool because it's medicine for both parties. As much mm-hmm. as we're supporting another person and not enabling them, we're also extending the practice of opening up our heart to different scenarios that we may have not commonly done in the past, which then hopefully eventually becomes easier to integrate and embody regularly without so much effort. Yeah. And this just triggered um, like uh, another avenue to go down because when you're in your heart space and operating from that space of love what's the difference where you become that motherly figure the over caring you know like I know that it's from a space of not being in balance not being in the center but I feel a lot of the times you can justify it within the mind because it's like, oh, I'm doing this out of love. Like, I love this person so much that I'm going to do whatever I can to help them. So how can we avoid having that narrative fuel the situation so that we're not developing codependency or creating codependency issues and um, the enabling behavior? Yeah, because I feel like those are one and the same. Yeah. And I feel like the enabler and like feeling like mothering or over nurturing a situation or a person. And it's recognizing that I feel because I feel in the moment I can't speak from like a specific example. I feel like a specific example would be a little more helpful. But Mm -hmm. just in an overall on this topic, we can tune in within ourselves. What is our intention? Do we feel like this person is capable? Do we feel that we just are supporting the situation to allow it to go more smoothly? Or are we doing this out of a space of feeling like if we don't jump in, then who is going to because they can do it for themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I could give a personal example, but I'll give it loosely without, you know, giving too much details in respect of the individual. But there's somebody in my life that I know they're totally capable, they're totally strong, they have so much power, but I also recognize that they haven't fully connected to their power. So they have, aside from the relationship with me, there are different instances where I see codependent behaviors, even though that they don't recognize it for themselves. And when it's brought up, they don't 
agree and they don't accept that that's um, a characteristic or a character trait that they have displayed. So I find myself in that battle within myself because I want to help them. I want to help them succeed and thrive and recognize their power because I can see their power. But then I also don't want to overstep and create more of a codependent issue because I feel that I know best when I don't know best. You know, I'm just recognizing through my lens and my perspective, their capability and how they're not fully utilizing their gifts across the board. So there's times where I do enable and I do act um, like overcaring or motherly to support. And then there's times when I don't and I give that tough love approach. And when I do do that, other people around me almost criticize me for it because it's like, why are you being like that? If you can help, why aren't you helping? And I go between those two different narratives constantly. I feel it's not black and white. And a big piece is the willingness of these of this person specifically, if they're willing to make effort to change and to step deeper into their power, or are they just looking for a quick fix that you're able to provide whenever it's necessary? And also there is no scorekeeping in love. Like we've mentioned like off air, which is something that I've been carrying with me. Um, so it's finding that within the self as well. Like, you know, even if it means months of being there because maybe they can be there for themselves, you ultimately know like what the truth of the circumstances is. Cause it's different with someone who's like, you know, super ill and, you know, can do everyday tasks for themselves versus someone who is like creating their own demise and their own suffering. Yeah. It's definitely every situation and circumstance is different moment to moment. Exactly. Yeah. But really like the finding the balance between the two, because that's the question that's the biggest in my mind right now, or the strongest is how can you be a loving, caring person and support others without being that enabler? You know, like if somebody really needs the help, I feel like, yeah, you give the help. But then it's almost putting us as the judge of circumstances and situations. And I don't feel that we are to be judges, you know? Yeah. And I feel that's why it is moment to moment. And it's how you feel in every moment. What's your capacity in the moment, you know? And then if you're feeling like, oh, this is a burden or I've help this person x amount of times that can be a narrative that's being formed around supporting and loving this person mm -hmm. so all of these things can be our versions of overcomplicating something that can be simple and just be met in every moment with presence and then take it from there with whatever feels most without attaching like oh i'm over mothering or i'm enabling or i'm being cold just being honest I really love that removing all of the different narratives and the different voices and thoughts and just being with presence yeah. because I feel that the presence allows us to be in our heart center without anything that can overcomplicate it and take us out of our heart center. And I think that it doesn't mean that we're judges, but it's really utilizing our internal compass in every moment based on what our intuition is telling us, because I feel that, you know, intuition is constantly speaking to us and we know what feels good and what feels like out 
it's out of our capacity and things like that. Yeah. And like we've mentioned before, you know, there's no like, okay, this is it. And this applies to all scenarios. So it really helps us return back to being and Mm -hmm. what that entails, because like the picture is being painted so differently in every moment of our lives. Mm -hmm. So to like premeditate or to have like certain responses, like, okay, I have ABC option and limitless possibilities that can be presented to us is super limiting and doesn't take into account things that we may not even have the perspective on. Yeah, it's so funny, though, because having those different options is comforting. It's like, okay, in this scenario, (laughs) if this happens, I can do this, this or this. (laughs) But that's not the way life works. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. Yeah. And I feel that that's an overarching like topic because it's returning back to that, returning back to the like origin or the natural way of things as opposed to the logical concrete way of doing things that I know I personally have developed an attachment to because it makes me feel safer being in control of a situation as opposed to just flowing freely with the unlimited possibilities. If I think of infinite, it can be a little like jarring to my yeah, to me. Absolutely, of course, me too. What I feel gives me solace is all of the teachings and the learnings that we're presented with through books, people, circumstances, whatever it is, and the trust and the connection to the trust of all of these different things that I have everything I need for whatever situation presents in front of me, and I'll know how to navigate it. Because I feel it goes back to we're never given more than we can handle, and that goes I feel that applies to this as well, where it's like I have the vision in my mind is like being at a restaurant and someone starts like bleeding or having like some crazy something and then like turning to my left and then seeing something that can support them. And I'm like, OK, great. Like and knowing right in the moment, like, oh, take this, use that. And it goes tied with the intuition as well, like being guided. Yeah. And it actually reminds me of something yesterday. Um A friend of mine was telling me that while she was at work, she witnessed somebody. She doesn't know if they passed away or not, but somebody like passed out and they ended up turning blue. And right there, there was like two nurses and a doctor who jumped in to start resuscitating the person with CPR. And immediately I thought I was like, wow, you know, like whatever we need in the moment as is our destiny is going to be available to us. So whether or not it was that individual's time, like time is up or not, there were people there to be able to support them. And again, that's so empowering to know that. And I think what you said, the quote of um, we'll never be given more than we can handle really lightens that load and eases any situation we navigate through, whether it's we're navigating through it or we're witnessing others navigate through it. Because as long as you know that that individual is totally capable and whatever they're experiencing is within their capacity based on the divine orchestration of life, it gives enough like courage and support and motivation to allow them to experience that unfolding for themselves without feeling the need to intervene. Yeah, because otherwise I feel like it reminds me of doomsday. Then otherwise you're like constantly preparing for doomsday, like constantly preparing for all kinds of scenarios, you know, 
And even in that example you gave, there were other medical professionals that were able to aid in the situation. So although that person couldn't help themselves, like the person who passed out couldn't help themselves because they were passed out, the scenario, like the reality, the world that they're a part of in that moment supported them. Whether mm -hmm. we don't know if they are alive or not, but there was support in a way that could have aided that person to like be alive depending you know if that was what's meant to be or not yeah. but it goes back to that and it also reminds me of when I passed out <laughs> and you were there to help me oh that's a good story we talk about that in another episode story oh. time in season one yes our first story time episode but it reminds me of that where I wasn't able to help myself but you helped me so much the owner of the, of the store owner of where we were who we had never met before helped as well mm -hmm. you know like you know my wishes in terms of like not being involved in the medical field or like going to an hospital or whatever you know and I didn't have to fear like oh I'm like out of it and I need to like vouch for myself you know yeah and it's all of those things where we couldn't have ever like premeditated or planned how to navigate that kind of scenario. But I also feel the difference with these examples is this is like big trauma things where it's just like you can't really anticipate these things versus someone who is like always reaching out and that can be perceived as like you're enabling. But I feel that also goes towards um what story are we attaching to they like, go oh, i'm enabling or I've, I've helped them out x amount of times you know yeah I, I think it actually is almost one in the same though because like while these are kind of traumatic experiences and they're like large things that happened or not large but they weren't just regular yeah. um <laughs> no matter how small or big a situation is it's not for us to think of it in that way because it goes back to using our intuition and our compass because the day that you passed out, I had no idea what to do, but I really used that intuition, you know, like called upon the ancestors, whatever I needed to carry me forward in that moment because that's what the intuition told me to do. Now, if you were somebody who was like constantly passing out and I was just always there like enabling you, not telling you like, go check yourself, there's obviously right. something going on. It would be a similar, you know, situation. So I feel like it really goes back and it emphasizes that, you know, you can empower versus enabling based on the moment and what your intuition and your internal compass is directing you to do. Oof. Amen. That's a great synopsis of this whole conversation. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, it's very simple. I use simplified it a lot for me because I was having the like, oh, but what if this? What if that? Like, what about in this moment or this moment? And it doesn't have to be like that. You know, I feel much lighter just overall thinking that whatever happens moment to moment, person to person, I don't need to have control of the situation in any shape or form. The unlimited possibilities will present themselves as needed. Yeah, and trusting in that and following through with the guidance, I feel, is a big piece as well. Because we can receive the guidance and then go against it, which is no problem. Like, we'll always go back on course. But it's also like that practice. Yeah. But that's not necessary. If that's going to overcomplicate it in your mind, we'll keep it as how we said it is. <laughs> no, 
it's really a practice breaking things down to the purest form of simplicity. And I'm really working on doing that across the board right now. Yeah, and it's a practice, exactly, mm-hmm. you know, like it's through conversation, through gaining awareness, through being open, having the conversations, because this is relatable to you in your life right now because of the role you're playing in the people's life in your family's lives right now. And that's why you can have more questions, whereas like this isn't something that I'm experiencing in my personal life. So I have like that external, I have a more objective view, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me think of one of the episodes where we were by the lake. And you were having like lots of questions and I was giving it back to you like right now, like, yeah, don't worry. So it's funny to like recognize when the roles switch and where the reflections are, because it helps since I have the awareness of like, no, that's overcomplicating it with every question. I can recognize it quicker within myself. Yeah. And it's nice to have like someone to feed it back to you because I feel like it quickens the process. Whereas, like, if you were just having these questions with yourself, like, how long would it take you to, like, just arrive wherever Mm -hmm. it is? And I feel like that also speaks to interdependence because it's, like, community supporting community to arrive to something where there's, like, a will. You're interested in arriving to, like, a simplified version of what it is you're experiencing and perceiving. Exactly. And that's such a good connection back to the interdependency or community support as opposed to enabling and codependency because the conversation, had it had different energy, could have been like, oh, yeah, like you're doing this, like, you know, feeding that narrative that literally doesn't exist. So it's important Mm -hmm. to recognize when you are in conversation with people what narrative they're feeding Even though, like, obviously you're in the conversation, there's so much to be aware of. It's good to highlight and point out what feedback you are receiving from those that you choose to have around you. And I feel that that also goes back to the concept that we practice here, the conscious conversations, because when they're truly conscious and we've been able to recognize when we're more in our thinking mind versus being in flow we recognize the difference in what it is that we're even talking about and how Mm -hmm. we're navigating the topic. Yeah. Yes. And it reminds me of um, feedback that we had received where it's like, wow, your bond must be so strong if you guys can have these transparent conversations with one another without getting like butt hurt or super fragile. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) I actually prefer people to tell me things like straight up, don't sugarcoat it, don't enable me in any way. If I'm doing something, point it out, you know, like give it to me raw. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I feel like people tell me that I'm really straight up and I don't feel that I am. I feel like you be giving it to me real raw and I be having to work through like the trigger of it. I'm like, damn, (laughs) you know, like being told about myself yeah and for you I feel like you just take it so easily you're like all right yeah you like want to be told more like okay how can I accomplish this you know exactly they're like all right go ahead drag me you know working through that (laughs) but and that's the thing it can seem and I'm glad this came up in the conversation because it can seem as if you're being dragged or like you're being um like handed your ass on a platter, you know, but that's from a place of love. If I'm sure there could be softer ways of doing it. I don't know. But that's what I was speaking about, like (laughs) how 
the thing to find the balance of just you know giving it versus like coddling and being too soft because of fear that you're gonna hurt somebody no and I think that's the beautiful thing because I've never like many times you told me something about myself and I just have to like deal with it with myself because I've I'm at this point where I have the self-awareness to recognize that if I'm triggered, that's a me thing, not a you thing. And also knowing that because of our relationship, you wouldn't say anything for the sake of like hurting me just to do that, you know? And that was something that I had to tell myself like earlier on when I would be triggered about something to to help me reprogram that narrative of victimization that has played from childhood. Yeah, I really love that you're saying and sharing what you're sharing, because I feel that that's such an important part in terms of like the very beginning of this conversation, where it came down to the perspective of the person like um, being on the other side, like the person being enabled or questioning like, oh, why is this person switching up their behavior with me? And why is this happening? That what you just shared is empowering the individual who may or may not be experiencing this to recognize that it has nothing to do with that other person's behaviors, but everything to do with themselves. And it's a good opportunity to look within because it's not the other person. It's you for even wondering like what you did wrong. Yeah, yeah. And in support of that, because that can be a lot for someone who's just beginning that or is earlier on in that journey. You can share like, oh, what you said made me feel this way. So I'm working through like these feelings that are present, like um, recognize, acknowledge and speak words into the feelings that you're experiencing. And then if that other person's open to it, then they can also continue being that mirror to hold their power and their frequency to reflect back to you to recognize where it is that you may not be. Yeah. And also something else to point out um, that you mentioned is saying something to hurt somebody and saying something to genuinely support the person. Yeah. So that's a really big one. You know, like we can't just willy nilly come out and say whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's never like that. It's never with malice or malintent, maliciousness, anything like that. It's always from a space of love. And I think that is a big distinguisher. Yeah, our intention behind what it is that we're sharing. Yeah, because many times, you know, people share whatever it is just to make themselves like boost up their own ego. And it's not with the purposes of even if what they're saying is true, their intention is not of truth. So that spills into the, what the other person is experiencing. And then the other person can feel like, oh, I'm experiencing this, but I shouldn't be because this person loves me or whatever. So it can get a little dicey there when we're making it more complicated than it is instead of just like being and speaking from the heart. Yeah, it reminds me of a story that you shared with me regarding individuals, like one sharing something in not the nicest way, like in front of people and the other person like kind of closing up. That's another indicator too. like know your space, know your audience when you are sharing something you know, like, don't go so much, oh, I don't want to be an enabler, I'm going to be like straight up to the point that you're actually causing more pain and trauma. If you yeah. recognize you're sharing something and the individual isn't necessarily 
receiving it the best or they're changing their way that you know them to be, take a step back. You know, like you can ease your way because I'm a person that goes from one extreme to another. So I'm really sharing this for myself, too. Yeah, no, that's a great point because it's like the integration of being a loving person within context of whatever the situation is and that changes situation to situation because it's the difference between someone saying like oh I'm blunt versus someone like being honest always you know like there's different ways to deliver a message depending on the situation and depending on our truth like however it is that we want to show up and sometimes there's a learning curve in that and that's okay Mm -hmm. as well you know we may not get it the first time we try implementing these things and that's all right as well and as we extend grace to the other person, we can do it for ourselves too. So it's not to like create more stuff for us to work on too, as we're trying to implement new things. Yeah, I saw a post, I believe it was on Instagram that said something along, like this is a very loose recap, but something along the lines of um, like trying to heal my trauma response was a trauma response in itself. Yeah. And that is really like it speaks to what you're saying, because the more we're trying to do something, we don't want to create more of the same thing, just in different ways. Yeah. But don't overcomplicate it, you know, just follow your heart, do your best. Take everything as an experience, a lesson and a blessing and flow with ease and not create burdens or stories that add on to the weight that we're trying to release. Because it's true, we can be so hard on ourselves. And it's like, no, we're implementing new awarenesses. Like, take it with with a stride, you know, dance through it all. And then when when we're so hard on ourselves, we look for the person to be soft with us. And boom, you enter codependency. (laughs) (laughs) Way to bring it around town. (laughs) That was so funny. So what's a good question that someone can ask when navigating this or in trying to increase their self-awareness? I don't know if there's one question. Well, just any question, because it's kind of like what would go into our journal prompts of this episode. Yeah, I feel. Well, would it be a question for the enabler or the enablee? Maybe both, you know, because we speak on both sides in this. Exactly. Or I think like to simplify it, well, I don't know how the wording would be, but something about being in the power, like recognizing, am I in my power? Are they in their power? Or like, am I allowing everybody to be in their own power? That's a good one, because then you can even simplify it from there. While we're learning this practice of simplification, you answer that and it can be like, yes, I am. They did this to me, blah, 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 blah. It's like, then you can take it deeper, you know, until you're at the point of it's just me with me, baby, you know. Exactly. Because as soon as you said they did, I'm like, right there, you know, like, bring it back. They didn't do anything. (laughs) 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 So funny. It is funny. Yeah, because I'm trying to, it's interesting, though, because it's like, yeah, the questions to check in with the self But then like avoiding within my own mind, having this like checklist of like, okay, let me check this, check this, check this. And Mm -hmm. just like allowing the moments of flow. 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, stay tuned. Maybe we won't have any questions for this episode. I don't know, right? I yeah. think the reflection and reflection time is really important because me with myself when I am reflecting and I'm just sitting with myself with different questions, a lot does come of it. And I'm able to gain more awareness with patterns um, within myself. But I think it's different when it's like in the moment when something's happening and then like you're like, stop, pause, let me run through my list of questions to then move forward. It's like, no, just use your intuition in the moment. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point because then it takes you out of being in the present moment. Whereas like these questions that we provide are more so after listening to this episode, if you want to go deeper with yourself on what it is that we're talking about, these questions are there to support that. Mm -hmm. But maybe like an ongoing moment to moment question that's a good check in is how present am I? Or am I present? That can be like the forever question every moment because presence is really all that matters and all that there is. <laughs> Amen. You're so silly. <laughs> I mean that. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space, space to, to flow. flow. <laughs> oh, Peace out, family. family. <laughs> if you would like to support us, you can check out our affiliates mentioned in our show notes or on our website at flowspacewellness.com and go to our affiliates page. We have affiliates with Greenfield Water Solution, which brings life back into your water, with Lil's Basement, which are handcrafted polymer clay jewelry incense holders and cute creations for your body and home, life-changing energy, which supplies sound healing instruments such as crystal singing bowls, singing pyramids, and tuning forks, the original Himalayan crystal salt, which is our go-to for salt to make soleil, and then Baja Gold Salt Company, which we love to cook with their sea salt. You can also support us by leaving us a love do donation, any comments on our social media pages or our YouTube, and also sharing our podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and anybody you feel would benefit from our message. Thank you so much for joining, tuning in, and listening to us, and sharing this space and we look forward to connecting with you in the future mm -hmm.